Yep. How you doing? It's Coach C. Collins, and, uh, you know, we're here at Coach's Rise Time, uh, where I talk a little bit of basketball, give you my perspective, tell you how I see things in this basketball world, and hopefully you like what you hear. You take a little tidbit here and there for you coaches, parents, and players out there who like to follow and listen. Hopefully I can give you a little bit of insight and some things that can help you out. Again, you are more than welcome to follow me on my social media on Hoopstar I am on Instagram. Um, you can find me on the main show, About That Life Podcast. Uh, the links will be in the description. Please feel free to reach out any time. And uh, hopefully, again, I can keep giving good content to you. Uh, we appreciate the support and the downloads we've getting from people right now. We're at 3,000 downloads, and, and it keeps going up, and we really appreciate it. Um, me and Mark, we... I know we really put our hearts and souls into this and Ty as well. Um, this is just a little extra something for some of you guys out there who might just be curious about my insight and what I can helpfully add to the table in this basketball world because, as we know as coaches, we're always trying to evolve and we're always trying to get better. So, again, one small click for you is a big help for us. So please feel free to do that. So moving to today's topic, uh, I wanted to talk about uh, – you know, uh, in AAU basketball especially, uh, you, you're going to deal with a lot of different characteristics, a lot of different people, a lot of different backgrounds, you know, families from split homes, you know, some kids with good backgrounds, great backgrounds, some with not-so-good backgrounds, uh, tough socioeconomic status, Lord knows in this time of uh, COVID. You know, there's those even then that are willing to step outside and those who are just you know, they're, they're, they're living in fear and, and they don't want to be exposed in any type of way. And so these kids and athletes and as coaches, we're trying to maneuver it. Um, I wanted to kind of talk into things that I don't tolerate on my team. Uh, maybe these are things that kind of circle back to each other. Um, hopefully these are things maybe you as coaches, you know, stick by. Because, again, you got to have principles. Uh, my suggestion for you coaches out there, um, you can't tolerate everything as my boy uh, as my little nephew Anthony would say, this is be my response to most of it. Too big, too black. <laughs> to be dealing with all that nonsense. Um, so, you know, you can't you can't let that stuff happen to you. Um, most of the time, I just try to brush it all off or laugh at it. Again, this is something my nephew would say. Hell no. Yeah, it's just something I wouldn't deal with. Uh but the biggest thing I wanted to get out to you guys is there are seven things that I will not tolerate on my basketball teams. Again, some of these things might circle into each other. Some of you might vibe with them. Some of you don't. It's okay either way. Just, you know, take my opinion. Maybe you learn something. Maybe uh, it helps you as coaches and parents kind of what you want to look for for your child. So first thing, uh, number one is ego. I do not tolerate an ego. And let me be very, very clear on what I mean by ego. Um, Charles Barkley kind of said it best. He said, everybody has an ego. Um, athletes or basketball players just have a reason to have one. Um, I believe every athlete in some way, shape, or form needs some level of ego because um, an ego with control equals confidence. Let me make that very clear. Let me repeat that again. An ego plus control equals confidence. So I do believe players need an ego, but an ego without control is destructive. Okay. Ego minus control, destruction. Okay. So please recognize the difference. Egos on the team, things, kids and athletes thinking they get to a level that they're beyond being coached or beyond being taught. Um, those are the type of kids I will not have on my team. You have to be 
You have to control that ego and have a selfless attitude mixed in with that. That's just for me. Um, Number two, decorations, as I call them, decorations or cheerleaders, kids that are just in practice just to be there. They're they're not working hard. They're not being involved. You know, something I'm big on is put-ups, being loud. loud. A loud team is a winning team. Please remember that, coaches. A loud team is a winning team. So I don't tolerate kids sitting back being quiet in practice and I got kids of all kind of different personalities on my team a lot of people love my 16U team and and look at that as kind of the flagship team in the YBA program right now and I have some really quiet kids on that team and I guarantee you when they're in practice they're loud they're speaking they're motivated and they're engaged um, I don't do decorations you know if you want to be an ornament if you want to just sit on the side and be cool and and you know look good for the crowd and be a nice little decoration on the bench go play for somebody else but that's something i don't tolerate uh number three for me is put downs we do what's called the opposite on my team which is called put ups we put each other up now of course there's accountability like you know, on my high level teams of a kid if one of my three-point shooters goes over five from the three, yes, one of my main guys might go to him and say, hey, man, you got to make that shot. You got this, man. Move on to the next shot. Like, be confident. That's a put up. He is trying to put his guy up and hold him accountable at the same time. But what I will not tolerate is put downs. Yes, it's going back to second and third grade basics, but I don't care. It's a perfect word for it. No put downs. We're not here to put each other down, especially in the heat of battle in the heart of a game. If you can't vibe with that, don't be on my team. It's pretty much that simple. Number four uh, that I will not tolerate is parent arguments. What I mean by parent arguments means either uh, arguing with other parents or arguing with me. And where I mean by arguing with me is I I have an open door policy where I have no parents questioning me after games. Um, even, you know, most coaches say, hey, give a 24-hour period. Um, I, I have no problem with any of that. However, this is my rule of thumb. Um, first time, it's a conversation. Um, second time, it's a debate. Uh, third time, it's just not a good fit, right? It's just basically that's how it works, right? Let me repeat that just so everybody hears it and understands. First time, it's a conversation, and this is talking about the same topic. Like Let's say playing time, right? You come and me talked about playing time for the first time, it's a conversation. The second time, it's a debate. You're now trying to influence me and fight me for your child's playing time three we pretty much know it's not a good fit so you know that's that's something I definitely can't tolerate uh you know number four parent arguments uh number five is what I call these kids and parents no call no shows uh parents and kids that always can never be a practice that can you know never show up to games on time that can you know, always have an excuse, always have a reason, you know, of course, life happens, totally get it. Um, but if I if I'm only asking for you to come to practice one day a week for an hour and a half, and every single time you can't find a reason, but you sure as hell can find a time to come to the games, and then come to the games and then say, Oh, I can't pay for the fee. Yeah, we have a problem. We have a serious problem. Um, there are a lot of coaches that are cool, which is kids jumping on without practicing, jumping on without investing, jumping on without you know, learning and, and actually getting coached and getting better. I don't knock you for it. That's just not me. I won't tolerate that on my teams. If you want to play for my teams, you have to come to a practice. You have to say the tone of the team. You have to know what we're running, have at least have a basic outline of it. Because, yes, basketball is basketball is basketball. But most coaches know 
especially high-level coaches know every system is different and everybody has a scheme and thing they're looking for. It's chess out here, it's chess out here fellas, not checkers. So you guys need to know and understand that. You need to understand what's your piece in the puzzle, what's your piece in the game and the battle. And if you don't go to practice, how can you prep for that? So I don't deal with the no-call, no-shows. Uh, number six, I call them rage monsters, kids and athletes that are always angry all the time, no matter what you do. We can have a great, you know, team barbecue and they're still just mad at life. They're mad at the world. Doesn't mean I need a kid that's walking around with a smile, all super happy all the time. But you got to find joy in the game. You got to find joy. At the end of the day, let's be real. This is a game. This is a child's game that's influenced the world. People love it. We love watching it. We love marveling at athletes. We love seeing the phenomenal spectacle of the NBA and the hard work and grit of the college athlete and the wow and amazement of the youth high school level and then, you know, working from the grassroots level to get that prestige and that honor. I mean, fellas, at the end of the day, it's a game. And I can't deal with a kid that's just angry at life, angry all the time, and just can't be happy. He's the kid that's going to get you technical fouls every game. He's the kid that's going to have bad body language. He's just full of rage and anger all the time. Rage monsters are something I definitely can't deal with. And number seven, the last but definitely not least, in my opinion, what could make or break a team for you at times is the me-centric players a.k.a. energy vampires. That is a term I wish I invented, but I did not. I wish I could take credit for that, but I didn't. But uh, energy vampires, uh, uh, me-centric players, are some of the worst things that could happen to your team. There's nothing wrong with recognizing your ability or, or like even my star players. They know sometimes when they have to turn it on and off, but they also have a grip of I need my guys playing at their best as well. I need to facilitate. I need to trust that they know what they're going to do and really have true trust in each other. Um, when players become all about me-centric and you have a team of seven or eight players who are just all about themselves and their stats and they don't see anything uh, uh, in front of or above that, that's a problem. That's a that's a huge problem. Um, you can't have me centric players and hope to have um, you know an outstanding performance or an outstanding program. So these are my seven things uh, that I know for me as a coach I cannot tolerate on my team. Uh, I I'm, could be different for any of you guys. Maybe some of these things reflect for you. I hope that this is something you could take a little bit of information with. Maybe some of the terms and you can kind of match them on some of the kids and circumstances you see. So, you know, let that be understood and let that, you know, play out for you uh, because I want people to understand, like, you need certain athletes that are going to perform and do the right things for you. So with that being said, coming to a close of the show, I hope you uh, enjoyed listening to it. I hope you gained a little bit of insight. Just as I always said before, man, um, in Coach's Rise Time, I'm here to just try to provide you with a little bit of information. Again, the seven things that I will not tolerate on my team. One is ego. Ego. Ego minus control equals destruction. Equal ego plus control, confidence. Uh, the other number two, decorations. I will not have decorations on my team. I have decorations on my Christmas tree. I don't need them on my basketball team, okay? Three is put downs. We are here to put each other up, not put each other down. And especially in the heat of battle, I need my soldiers ready and willing to die for each other and work for each other to beat that opposing team. Number four is parent arguments. Remember, there's three steps to that. 
first one, it's a conversation. Second one, it's an argument. Uh, third one, it is not a good fit, and it's just best that you move on with the team. Number five is no call, no shows. If you can't be at practice, you can't be a productive athlete. You can't be a productive athlete. You can't learn. You can't learn doesn't mean you can be a basketball player because athleticism is not enough anymore. Number six is rage monsters, kids that can't find joy in the game, that can't find joy in life. You try to help them. You do everything you can as a coach to try to help them and their family, and all they can do is just be angry. Makes it kind of hard to make a good team. And number seven is me-centric players, a.k.a. energy vampires. Make sure these kids do not drain your team. Make sure they are not the ones pouting or uh, throwing fits because it's not going their way and they're not getting 50 shots in a scrimmage. These are the type of things and situations that I think can help you enlighten you as a coach. I hope everybody's out there doing well. Today is uh, the 19th of November. We hitting December pretty soon. Uh, wish everybody a happy Thursday and you know you stay up stay safe uh, and with this COVID situation you know uh, hug and love your loved ones I'm out